When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 30 years ago, the world ended as a celestial talisman hung in the sky, bringing death and destruction. Heroes gather, but they are not the heroes of the tales of old. They are a new breed. Because when the world has ended, surviving makes you a hero. That's right, it does. Thank you, Cogsy. Okay, everybody, welcome to Stealing for Survival here at uh, twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk, where we will be playing Dark Holes Part 2 is the name of the episode. Something like that, John. Um, want to let everybody know this is an adult channel, adult podcast, adult topics, adult language, adult humor. So if that thing is not to your liking, if you get offended by, you know, emotes with alcohol on it, it's time for you to leave. <clears throat> we will greet... Each one person around the table here. I will start with myself. I am Travis Sivart, author and uh, gamer, tabletop gamer. Since that, uh, thank you for enabling that subscribers only mode. And our moderator, Weirdwin, is in the house. Good. To, oh, and you disabled it. I oh, know. And I'm going to enable it. So you got I got it. Okay, I'm going to refresh to make sure it's on. Anyhow, um. Give a shout out there to our moderator who will be responding to people within chat. Do want to let people know on the podcast, if you hear us talking to somebody that's not talking back, it's because we have a live chat audience that interacts with us. And for the live chat audience, we may not respond to every single thing you say because we are playing a game. So, there we go. That's all the disclaimers. Uh, dear chat, please let us know, what are you gaming? What are you playing right now in general? Not necessarily right this moment. And then let's do some intros, starting in the lower left-hand corner of the screen there. Chris? Oh. Hi, friends. Uh, I'm Chris. I will be playing Julian Cavington, the half-a-fiend wizard. Very good. John? I'm John Millington from uh, Conquest Publishing and Jersey's Cards and Comics. Tonight I'll be playing Bald Dareth Sabati, uh, Half Demon, um, Lurkabout. Very good. Aaron. Hi, I'm Aaron Kennedy. I play Murph, uh, Dragonborn Assistant to the Stars. Uh, I'm from uh, Clotter Consultants, uh, Nick's Heating and Cooling, the Rappahannock Regional Jail. I come from all over the damn place. Very good. I like that face you got on there, Chris. Um, I do want to let everybody know we will be working on a design for the Poor House, the tavern and Ooh. pub that their old characters own, that the new characters frequent. We're going to be working on that design and trying to get a shirt up into our merchandise shop sometime in the next two weeks or so. So maybe we have an artist amongst us. Maybe we have somebody who's good with a graphic program and we could put together a logo for the Poor House and 
and we can quibble over a nice little phrase to put under it so everybody can wear the poor house shirt or sticker or mug anyhow we're going to look into that so don't forget we do have merch and you can find that at well first of all if you're here in chat exclamation point merch will do that other than that if you go to bitly that's b-i-t dot l-y slash tavern merch you can find that there and for anybody else who's wondering what's going on i'm not going to bother repeat all this stuff for the podcast but for our live audience right there aaron chris john notice that new command there just links and it kind of drops to three big things that everybody's always wondering about made it convenient and quick okay now moving on let's see we uh did that, did that. Okay, time to set up the topic. So let me set this aside. Now, we're entering a new era, a new generation of heroes, <coughs> deviants, whatever. And uh, There's a difference? Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, no, because... Uh, <laughs> murder hobos to the rescue. You, you know, not in my game. not a murder hobo. Hmm? What? Julian is not a murder hobo. Yet. He is not a murder hobo yet. I don't think the last group were really murder hobos either. Oh. We were driven out of our homes, completely homeless, drunk, and killing people. Murder hobos. But, but you weren't like going into their homes and murdering them. Okay, so let's we? do a recap <laughs> of the last game. Um, I, I will start out with a few things. Um, the town that you guys are in is actually a keep that was built five, six hundred years ago with the help of Rokarn, the dwarf-type species, Aphines, the elf-type species, and humans, really, scum of the earth. And... Uh, they came together and working on this for about 75 years. It fell apart. Now, your new characters have some information on what may have caused that, as well as what it might have been a catalyst to the downfall 30 years ago. But we'll get to that in a moment. <clears throat> a few other important things, and these are generalizations, and I'm going to let you guys hit the uh, details of what happened to your character specifically. Daython's Pass, that's the city keep area you're in, is a pass through the southern portion of the Rolling Mountains. So the city is almost always in shade, except when the sun is directly overhead. And a lot of times in the peak of summer or the peak of winter, you don't even get it overhead at all. So it's quite often in shade. There's a lot of moss and mushrooms growing. There's a lot of insects. There's a lot of fetid rot in the area. Now, three years ago, the last set of characters discovered a portal network. And we'll be exploring that a little more as the game goes on. Other than that, let me see here. Don't forget the city has a lot of different races in it. But with that comes a lot of different prejudices including the prejudice against magic. So you have your pro-magic and anti-magic groups out there. And something you've always you've noticed about this place is, first of all, there's always architecture that is blending or contrasting or clashing 
with something beside of it. It's an amazing mixture, sometimes dizzying if you have the right alcohol out of the still in the back room of the poorhouse. And other than that, there's always seems to be some kind of cultural or religious event happening. Almost every day, there's some parade or procession going down the ground, uh, down the road. Okay, now we need a recap. Who wants to recap? Excellent, Chris. Last time on Stealing for Survival. Uh, let's see. Uh, You're not rushing anymore. Hey, hey, Chris. I, I know. <laughs> hey, Chris, if you want, you could tell it in your character's voice like he's writing it in his journal. <laughs> List time. But other Some voices. Thoughts came into town. Okay, no, you could use Kavlon as the narrator, and he could just be the narrator instead of the one who... Yeah, yeah, it's his bar. He thinks it's his bar, and Moggitz just works there, even though it's their bar together. Anyway. <laughs> Some new Have friends. Have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Right. Uh, new friends came into town. Well, we have yet to see if they are friends or not. I like the new, the new young gentleman, a Julian Gavington. He seems nice, very interested in learning new things. He spent some time with Jaith in the temple that I believe he was asking questions about those portals that we may or may not have interfered with several years ago. I did, however, catch his young compatriot trying to steal some of my private stock. And uh, as mode of excellent humiliation, tucked him in like little burrito in bed after knocking his ass out for stealing my booze. He will now have to work off payment of booze that he lost. I think that sums up about everything that happens. Moggitz tried to get blackmail. The, blackmail them into doing tasks for us, and I'm kind of okay with this because I seem to be interested in things that they are searching for. It's kind of fun to see Jaith get behind that concept, too. So, we'll start with just a little exposition here. As uh, you guys know, the Coal Iron Dwarves, the, the Dark Rokairn, um, who their, their Rokairn, the word for them in Rokairn means betrayer. In theory, there is some kind of tunnels below the city that once belonged to them that were recently discovered. So there's a couple ways you can go about this. I'm going to throw a few things out, then you guys run in whatever direction you want. We're going to play with just the new characters, unless if there's some reason to ever bring in the old characters. Then we'll do that. So you can hunt for more info. You could... Go straight to the council and try to get approval of the city itself. Or you could just sneak off to the dungeon. And by the way, it looks like Jaith, Kavlon, and Moggitz will assist you with information, or pretty much just information, possibly a distraction, um, with any of these that you decide. Or if you guys want to run off in a different direction, Please feel free, but I think those are the three things we kind of discussed last game. Yes. 
I think we all kind of want to just sneak our way in there and not have to deal with people. Was that the general consensus? So Jules, 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 what's, a what's the play on this? Actually, we're going ah. to start in the middle of things. So is that that's what we all agreed to last time, right? Yeah, we were going to sneak down there. Okay, so... They were going to help us, direct us away to get in excellent. without... Uh, so, uh, Murph just said that to you. As you guys are standing, you, you'd gone around the side of the town, went into the passages, into the side of the mountain, ran the lairs down. Now, there's, there's shops and stuff, largely Rocairn shops and whatnot, and you worked your way down three levels through the housing and everything to the work area where they have the forges and the kilns and all these sorts of things. Um, they don't necessarily have all the old ones lit up. And matter of fact, all the old ones never even got completed because Rocairn believe in the 100-year project block. If it doesn't touch two to three generations, it didn't have enough minds and ideas put into it to be reliable for the long term. <clears throat> so... You guys are below the third layer, so you've gone down at least three levels. And keep in mind, a level is not just 10 feet. In some case, it's a 30-foot down staircase. In another case, it is just 15 feet. Other times, it might be a 50-foot drop, all depending on the stratus of the rocks and what's safe and available to create the next layer. So now, you're standing in the mining complex now, a lot of this is the old mining complex, which means it's been really worked out and really cleaned up. And it's not just the winding, jutting walls of, well, what humans tend to do. No, these are the worked walls, squared off. I mean, there are fresh mines further down, and they're rough. But from what you understand... The place you need to go is probably a 20-minute walk from here if nobody stops you. And you're standing on the edge of the mines, which you could probably walk through without any problem. But you're going to have to go to the lower mines, which are those raw mines, and then find this opening that was discovered. So that's when Murph leans over and says... Julian, what's the take on this? Well, that is a very good question. I'm not entirely sure what to do from here. I know that we've got to go further down the mines. That way, somewhere. Deeper, darker, harder. Got it. Yes. I, I know that's your go-to plan for everything. All right, but maybe just a little bit of caution? I say maybe we uh, just walk in as far as it looks like we can walk in without being undisturbed and then uh, try and be a little sneaky and figure out. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out where, where this opening into these old coal iron ruins are. Archimedes is very uncomfortable and has basically started quasi-nesting in the hood of your uh, cloak. Well, he is scared of the dark. He's an owl. He can't be scared of the dark. (laughs) In fact, he sees better in the dark than you do. I don't think that's true. It's uh, but yes. Actually, yes. Actually, maybe give me a second, and I will take Archimedes out, and I will uh, set him free. Put my hand on Baldareth's shoulder and go. Okay, going blind, and throw Archimedes forward so that Archimedes and I will take my vision to his vision, and fly him down to do a like survey around. Uh, and I can, can keep this link up to 100 feet. Excellent. So every 100 feet or so, you know, we'll stop, take a break, send the owl forward to scout through my, with me through his vision. Okay. Now, there is light sources down here for those of you. Can anybody see in the dark? Anybody have a natural ability? Oh, very good. Okay, two out of three. There we go. It's kind of the same as the last time. Um and there are light sources down here because there's times where just light is better with different tasks. Um, but they are few and far between because it doesn't need to be brightly lit, except in certain stations where there's a table laid out and maybe some, you know, architecture maps of, you know, where they're showing up different places and whatnot. You feel a tinge of fear and anxiety off Archimedes, because Archimedes is fine in the dark. Archimedes is not fine in enclosed spaces when there's not an easy way out. Inside a building is one thing. You go out a door, a window, you're done. Down here? And also, Archimedes may be a little nervous of being mistaken for a bat, and one of the Rokaren grabbing him by his little legs, slapping him to break his bones and eating him. It's fair. Now, are hey, there hey, minor... that's racist. They would at least freaking take a flame to it first. John, what'd you say? Are there miners about? There are. There are dozens and dozens of miners going about their business. It's like entering, uh, I guess it'd be equivalent of entering some kind of factory. But, you know, this is all underground kind? of miners. Oh, okay. You said factory. Okay. That explains I... why children are present. They're Rocare and not children. But yes, there are children <laughs> present. Children somewhere. Children are. I'm pre- going to go up. To... Go on. Oh, I'm going to go up to one of the miners. Okay. May uh, trouble you for uh, to tell me where your foreman's at. He looks to each side of you, down the hall. He says, and he, he had <clears throat> the thick Rokaren accent. 
He says, you can go down there. See the lighted alcove? A lot of light? Yes. Go there. It's where the foremen are, unless they're on their rounds checking on progress. Who is your foreman? For who would be the person to speak to you? For what? Of the greatest authority. Um, uh, we are to find out about the new uh, opening, the new mine that was opened. New mine that was opened? New passage. We're here to inspect it. Mm, I don't know anything about that. It's, uh... See, you gotta understand, unlike you people, Rokairn aren't about power. Rokairn are about responsibility. So, each thing... Hold on, I gotta fight the cat out of my dice box. Sir? <laughs> it, it, it's become my responsibility to ensure that the uh, that that's a safe uh, opening. Um, I don't know anything about the openings that you want to make safe. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You can go find this oh. guy, but I don't know why you keep talking to me. I have work to do. Humans. Well, enjoy your work. I do. Thank you. I head off towards the greater light. You have to take me with you. I'm deaf and blind while I am seeing through my owls. So I'm just standing there. My eyes are great over well, Considering it's a hundred feet or so, I mean, it, it only takes, you know, 15, okay. 20 seconds. I put his hand on my shoulder. <laughs> the the bird would have returned by the time your conversation happened. Ah. Hold on. Gotcha. There's my other dice. Thank you, Zaza. You know, I really don't want you there, sweetie. God, she loves this. We can communicate further and communicate ideas further, but I can only see through his vision for a hundred feet. Gotcha. It's a. Uh, you guys walk past the other workers and they definitely pay you very little mind as you move past them and some are rolling carts, others are you know okay, just lay in the dice box, damn it <laughs> anyhow um, but yeah, when you get up there there are three Rokairn um, one, of it, one of them has a Sorry, just just get comfortable. <laughs> and, and for everybody who's watching it, this is what they're laughing about. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so uh, yeah, when you get there, there are three Rokairn, and they don't pay you much mind as you walk up behind them in the main hallway. Um, now, John, you may know enough about Rokairn. Give me a uh, knowledge roll. You know what? With you there, I can't even see my notes. Can you move your head? Knowledge history. What? Knowledge history. Yes, that's fine. 16. 16, you said. Yes, thank you. 
Um, let me ask you guys a couple questions. Who has a knowledge skill? Lots of knowledge skills. Just a show of hands. Who who put points into something? Like I am proficient in history, if that is what you are asking. That is what I'm asking. Oh, okay. And John, what no, did you say there? I actually do not. I I have a knowledge in investigation. I have skill points in that. Are you for, for the intelligence type of things? I've got Arcana. Here, here's what I want to kind of lay down for you guys, without going through everybody's individual stuff here. Um, there are certain things that would relate to society. Some of that might be... Yes, Aaron? Uh, Underdark's actually my chosen environment as a ranger, just to give you a heads up. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, I chose that before we even started. Very good. It's... uh, And even if you chose it just so it fit, it's fine. So... I didn't... I was like, no, freaking Copper Dragon... I was like, okay, they live on walls and stuff like that. Like spiders. Okay. (laughs) We don't know where the ranger gets his information, but we're pretty sure it involves a lot of alcohol when he does. Um, Well, look, look, look. Friggin', like my grandmother used to say, the light at the end of the tunnel is a train. I got no idea what a train is, but... It's a type of air conditioner unit. Oh. <laughs> okay. So the nothing reason, runs like a train. The reason I asked about knowledge is, is because there are certain times to know about other cultures. You're going to have to have something. Yes, history works fine. Uh, religion, not as much. But dealing with these other species coming through, I'm trying to look at some other stuff. Nature, maybe survival, possibly. Insight would work. History and insight would be the strongest two things to use for such things. So keep that in mind as you're rolling, since we are going with much more of a role-playing type thing. If you Mm -hmm. have something where I'm asking about a cultural thing, and you feel there's some reason you would know more about Rokairn, then you just let me know about that, or whatever we're dealing with, and perhaps I'll give you that bonus d6 without adding a skill you're just doing it off the base wisdom or whatever or intelligence etc or it might be made with advantage if there's you know oh, my uncle's a rocairn no murph is not a rocairn you're not fooling me chris he just <laughs> smells like one on thursdays and we don't know why it's crazy Okay, he's a were-ro-cairn. <laughs> Every full moon he gets a big bushy beard and uh, feels like mining things. <laughs> okay, he gets one foot wider and We need to invent that, by the way. What's that? Were-ro-cairns, they turn into dwarves on full moons. Yep, okay. So. Well, it's a full moon now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so anyhow. Three people crowd around the table, um, and three Rokairn crowded around the table, and one of them has a very, a, a much shorter beard than the others, and they're discussing things, and it takes you guys a moment to realize that one's a female. The one with the shorter, softer beard is a female. The, the rack gave it away, though. The, um... Is the 16 enough uh, 
knowledge of Rokarens that I can use that for with my persuasion to try to get some information from them to know what how to approach them. I guess would be the proper. And what did you? What was the first thing you said? Is the what something? What was was the role that I made enough to know about what would be the proper thing on how to approach them without insulting them? Yeah, it's uh, Rogue Karens go against your base nature, your character's base nature. They're brusque, honest, and long-winded. Kind of the opposite of what you try to do. Um, so short, to the point, until it's story time, and then long-winded. So, you know, when it's business, it's to the point. When it's pleasure, they go on and on. So that should, you know, I gotta get this camera. Hold on, let me try to get a different box here for her to lay in. Ah. Uh -huh. Can you lay in that? Can you lay in that? Come on, get in that. It really wants you to be in it. There you go. <laughs> Good girl. Uh -huh. Go on. I will uh, go up to them. I will bow. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be quick and to the point. Uh, we need to, uh, we were told that there was a new uh, mine that was open and we need to uh, make sure that it's safe. Um, Master Jade up at the town um, had said that um, one of you was in charge. I just don't know who to speak to. Can you give me a Sorry persuasion for... roll, please? Or perf yeah, persuasion. Persuasion. That's what I'm trying to do. The, the three Rokaren are staring at you with their heads cocked, and you're definitely reading the body language of... There's... No. The the information you get... The, the bluff you laid down is a bad bluff. And they recognized it. But they're amused by it. And they're like, ah... Uh, and they exchange glances, and you can see it's almost a whole conversation just in this short look they give each other, which, that's amazing in itself for any Rokaren to have a short conversation. But um, one of them says, I'll take care of them. And the other two go, okay, but remember. This one says, yes, yes, I know. Okay, so... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're, you're the boss of this here ragtag band. Is that correct? Oh, no, no sir. Master Julian is in is in charge. Oh, you're the mouthpiece. Um, you're the you're the sweet, smooth, suave one that has the lips of velvet that like to touch people with them. Good enough. Let me yeah, tell you. Yes, sir. I don't know that name you said. And here, here, here's the truth. You just happen to catch the best person you can catch down here because I work up there. I'm the one that gives people permission to do things. So here's oh, what I'm telling you. Well, if you lie to me again, I will break one of your fingers, put you out of this mine, and put a price on you if you ever come back in here. But if you tell me the truth from here on out and give me your word, which of a liar would be worth nothing, so come to think of it, perhaps your word doesn't matter. Perhaps give me your master's word. Then I will help you get to where you're going to. But I will also tell you I will wash my hands of you if you come back as a corpse and just crush your little skull because walking corpses are never good for realty prices. Well, you, you have my word. Okay. And I, I, I promise not to come back as a corpse. Right. Yes. I am that naive. I am just going to totally buy into that sidewinding move. It's back in the box. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. So. These damn underdwelling creatures. <laughs> this is the friendliest rat we have in the cavern. <laughs> No, no, you, you, you have my word to, to tell you the truth about anything that we plan on doing. I'm not even going to, to ask that. I'm going to need the information of what you find because I don't want to send me own men down there. So, should I talk that, to that, you? That wouldn't be off or anything that we, uh, any information we gather, I'd be more than happy to pass that on. Yes, well, considering you started our... All right, uh, well, that's enough for the moment. Um... What was your name, uh, fine sir? Can-Can. They call me Can-Can. 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 Lovely. Yes, it's short for Canatere uh, Cantanas. Ask him who his manager is. <laughs> Not now. Um, what kind of information specifically are you looking for? Say we were to enter into the old cold iron area. Well, let me put it to you this way. Is the shit going to kill us? Is the shit going to make us sick? Brand. Is the shit worth anything? Brand. Now, with you going in there, I'm not going to harass you with whatever you carry out. I will fucking bring you a wagon so you could drag it the extra shit out, whatever it is. But then again, in all likelihood, you'll come back with some kind of lung fungus, something chasing you, and one leg missing. But I could be wrong on this one. I'm not a prophet anymore. Not after that last poker game. Gave it up. Cold. Is that a turkey on your shoulder? Uh, uh, no, he's a small owl. 
Squab. Looks like a yeah. fat bat. Uh, yes, he could be. Um, so, you tell us where the entrance is, and we will definitely tell you a location of anything that might want to try and kill or eat you, uh, maybe a basic layout of the area, and uh, of any points of interest uh, that could be to your mining. Ah, that sounds wonderful. Now let me ask you, what'd you bring to drink? Ah, I, I believe Master Kavlon from the poorhouse gave me this little bottle, and I'll pass over a flask of, you know, Whatever. He holds up his hand. Whatever He's I'm... like, no, no, I don't want it. You're humans. You're not very smart when it comes to going down into the tunnels. I'm making sure you're not going to die of of dehydration while you're in the tunnels. Did you bring any water or did uh, you just bring booze? Yes. Uh, I, I do have some water and that sort of things to last a couple of days yes good and you and you you both have water of your own yes sir you don't want to have to you drink what fish do that yeah 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 yeah. i've got water yeah you don't want to see you don't want to have to drink his recycled water do you or maybe you do i don't know what you do when you're in dark tunnels alone with each other it's it's uh anyhow so did you bring food yes yes very good now, did you bring something to make fire with? Uh, yes, that is not a problem for us. Very good. Now, did you bring something to light on fire? Again, yes, that is not a problem for us. We are not lighting the owl on fire, Uncle Murph. Very good. Okay. Now, last question. Did you bring a... Why would we need a towel? You should never leave home without your towel. Towels are indispensable, invaluable items that you should always have on you. See, look here on my belt. I have a small towel. And in my satchel, I always keep a larger towel. There you go. He's got a towel. He knows the value of a towel. You see, a towel functions as many things. It could be a cape or a cloak or a head cover. It could be something to hide behind. It could be something to keep you warm. Or you could wrap things in and carry it around. You should always have your towel. My friend Dougie told me about that. Very smart man. I knew a guy who named Ford who told me that. <laughs> Next time I will remember my towel. By the way, at school. as another Rokairn walks by, he mutters, even I have a towel. <laughs> so, okay, it sounds like you're prepared enough and I don't need to give anything good because, well, frankly... I got a really good one tied on the other night, and I lost my money at a poker game. Let me tell you, have you ever played poker with somebody who claims to be a direct descendant of a troll lord? You guys know what the troll... I can't say that we have, but I would like to give you this booze from Master Kavlon up at the Poorhouse Inn, uh, and... If by giving so, you have not seen us, perhaps? Oh, Tell no, 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 no. You see, I'm the one people would come to to report if they'd seen you. 
I can take your booze, but it's a pointless bribe at this point in time because I'm in charge of everything here. I run the whole damn Warren and Complex. I also run the other three ones that we've set up, including the distant outpost that's leading back to Terluyen. So, yes, I will be happy to take your liquor, but it is not a necessary bribe. And also, you want me to know where you are, because when your little scrawny asses get yourselves in a heap of trouble, it reminds me it was like the fifth round of drinks and hands at poker when I got into some trouble also. Now, I had three jesters and two dragons, and I thought it was good, but you know, when you flip the knight, the dragons eat the jesters, and it, it, it just screwed my hand royally. And it wasn't a pretty sight because I punched the barmaid, which sounds okay in most places, but this one happened to have some ogre blood in her. Now, when I say ogre blood, I don't mean she was descended from the ogres. What I mean is she had a wee vial of it and threw it back like a shot. And this increased her strength to the strength of three men. And she picked me up. And he goes on for another seven minutes. It's a decent story. And apparently it ends with uh, one of the poorhouse's competitor losing four tables and a mirror on the back of the bar. Had me going. I thought it, uh, the barmaid was going to ask to shit st uh, stick to your beard. <laughs> John, I don't know if the other that, gentlemen are. Right. John, I don't know if the other gentlemen are having the same problem, but your mic is a little mushy, a little soft. Um, so, okay, maybe just uh, lean towards it or if I have problems hearing you, because they're crisp and everything. So I don't know what it is. It's, it's nothing obvious until somebody else is talking, and then it, your words just aren't sharp enough for me to... So anyhow, okay, so you guys head, well, escorted by Can-Can, Canatari Contanus. Um, and by the way, the first name's with a C, the second name's with a K, as it should be. You would not spell Contanus with a C. That's ridiculous. I have that reversed, actually. <laughs> you write it however you want. It doesn't matter. We can always make a running joke of verbalizing how it's spelled wrong. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you guys are shown through these mines, which are actually very neat and pretty, and then down through a drop shaft, which... It looked like it was a 20-foot-wide shaft originally, and then they've widened it to have a downslope that's about, about, eh, a grown man with his arms spread side to side. So you could probably get a wagon down there. They have put um, pittens and the large metal hoops on the wall so they can tie things and use them kind of as pulley to lower a wagon that might have some weight to it without it just rolling down. They've got it quite prepped. Now, they don't have a hand railing on the outside. Instead, they have simply put up about a boot-height metal fence, if you will. So, like, every two paces it has a metal thing sticking out, and then a metal bar going across. So, it would catch your ankle and tip you over nicely, but it would stop a cart or a wagon from going over the side. 
Um, and by the way, the general rule is always walk with one hand on the wall. And if you have to pass somebody, one person stops back to the wall, the other person goes around them. But only one person moves at a time when you're going past each other when there's any kind of drop-off. That's the Rokan rule. Um, generally shaking hands so you can support that person in case they do slip or fall is always polite but not required. So, you guys uh, make it down to the lower mines. And the whole time Can Can guiding you through this is pointing out different landmarks, interesting things, tidbits of gossip about that person or that person. And what I'd like from each of you is uh, give me a... Uh, Oh, let's just go with a wisdom roll. Insight. Insight roll. Go with an insight roll. Eighteen. Murph? Four. Four. Baldareth? Fourteen. Fourteen. Very good. Baldareth, you know you made a faux pas just because you got the wrong person. Not because you did bad. Just because you got the wrong person. But, this guy seems to like you. He likes stories. He likes weird things. He seems to like you. Um, Julian, he gives you the respect due to somebody who's apparently the boss. But other than that, he doesn't seem to like you or dislike you. Just, he's giving you the information. But like all Rokarens, when they get social, and he is sipping on the drink you brought and gave him, because even though there was a much discussion of that it's unnecessary, he never pushed it back on you. He was telling you all that as he was tasting it and then tucking it and then pulling it out and tasting it again and tucking it again. And, uh, but anyhow, those roles, except for Murph there, you guys will have, um, damn it, I forget what it's called. What's it called when you get, like, the extra D6 because you're awesome, or you did some good shit? An inspiration? Inspiration. If you guys want to make a note on a post-it, put it on your character sheet or whatever, the next time you're dealing with the Rokarn people, I will give you an inspiration. Now, that can be used if you're dealing with somebody specifically, you know, like Mikey the Miner. Oh, let me roll inspiration with whatever I'm doing because of something this guy told me. Or it could be a general Rokar knowledge. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Interesting. Uh, Aaron, you do not get that. You're, you're not inspired. You're busy observing. Can you tell me a little more about your underdark fetish? Um... I have, I have rumors that whatever I'm descended from or was awakened in me by uh, Uncle Roy uh, <laughs> came from dark and caves and things like that. <laughs> yes, I, that was phrased exactly like that for a reason. <laughs> uh, came from the dark and the caves. It had been known to climb on the walls like a spider. Um, like it had acid in its blood. It was green in color, sometimes copperish even. So I'm always looking on. I'm all whenever I'm underground. I'm always looking for it, and sometimes I find tasty treats. Just what what because. I need. What I need to know is, you said your ranger terrain is under dark. That is correct, sir. The fuck does that mean to me? Uh it means that I can move without problem down there. Um, we as a group can move at a normal pace. Uh, if I decide to go stealth-like, I can move at a normal pace alone. Mm -hmm. But you still no, need light see. to function, correct? Say again? You still need light to function. I do. Okay. So, yeah, Dragonborn do not actually have no, no. Night I'm looking at the ranger ability of the terrain thing. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I still have to have, yep, still have to have light and stuff. Okay, I just need to know what benefits that gives you. So, basically... Your movement rate doesn't get fucked with. Nope. Unless you're going like straight uh, up. And wall. I don't think you can get lost either in your yep. favorite terrain. Yep, oh, we cannot get lost. That that'll be handy. It's uh, that, that's very good because I was looking at what you guys are probably going into. Going, fuck! I can't even use like north, south, east, west here for these guys. But now with that, I can. So yay! Mm -hmm. Glad that worked out. Mm -hmm. Yep, I get twice as much food if I forage. And then, uh, let's see, while tracking other creatures, you gain the exact number, their sizes, and how long ago they passed through an area. Very good. And harass me with those when it is uh, more relevant. Definitely don't let me, because I, I will not necessarily remember that, so definitely take advantage of that while you're down here. That, that was quite fortuitous. Okay, so you're shown through the lower mines. And then you're brought to an area, and that's when uh, Can Can smacks his forehead. He says, oh, oh, that's right. Do you have rope? Yes. Oh, oh, you do. And do you, do you know how to tie a knot? I, I, yes, I'm well-versed. That also reminds me I of the time where the piece of... delving in my past. Oh, very good. It's very good. I, I, in fact, but, feel... but this reminds me of the time a piece of rope went into a pub. And this piece of rope, it, it just kind of slinkies over and leaps up on a bar stool, flipping over, because you don't know which end is the top, which end is the bottom. And it, and it looks at the bartender and says, Marty, give me a whiskey. And Barkeep says, 
we don't serve your kind here. So the rope, all dejected, falls off the stool and slithers out the door. And it stares, and it wets its little ropey lips, and he goes, Man, I really, that whiskey, mm, sounds good. So, has an idea. It takes itself, it loops itself around each other, pulls one end through that loop, nice and tight. Does it a second time, just for effect. Then takes both ends, rubs them on the uh, cobblestones outside, and then he bounces back in. And he boings up onto the bar stool, and he says, Barkeep, I'll have a whiskey. And the barkeep says, Aren't you that rope I just sent out? And the rope says, Nope, I'm afraid not. <laughs> that is very amusing, sir. Right, you can explain it to your friend later. He, she didn't seem to get it. Um, so, okay. Straight down this hole, see how this... Uh, and, and he points down into a crevice that's kind of in the corner of one of the lower mines. Like, it fell through, and, and you can see this crevice going down, he's like, when you're about, let's say, four lengths down. And by the way, you guys have learned from all his conversation, lengths are the lengths of an average cairn. So it's about a meter and a half, maybe a meter and a third, depending on the cairn. It's vague. But, you know, you got to go about 15, 20 feet down. Now, you know why they're a meter and a half, right? Because when Rokaren are young, okay, child-length, they're almost exactly one meter tall because they're the people that meet you at the front door. That's something I was saying. So about 15 feet down. Well, sure, you want to be primitive about it. But who measures things with their feet? That's ridiculous. So, anyhow. Great, about three legs. <laughs> you can use... Please continue. You can use the things in the walls there, the pittens and the rings, to secure your rope. And then you get yourself down there. And we haven't gone down there. You can see how we've marked it off. And there are little painted wooden... Stands, you know, they did the cross thing of wood on the bottom and then the four by four sticking out of it about three foot tall. And they're painted yellows and oranges and reds in alternating stripes. That's her warning thing. Um, and also, fun fact that uh, I believe uh, John, your character, see, Baldareth would see this. It, it, it's between the different stripes, there is a thin black line of unpainted but that's actually been painted with something that's showing up to your vision and it almost seems to glitter. So it would show mm -hmm. two people in complete darkness. Um, anybody else I can see in the dark, you see that too. So I guess, yeah, you, Chris. It's, I, I keep thinking you're human because that's what you're passing yourself off as. So you'll have to remind me if I, if I skip over that for you. Just give me a nudge. Okay. Just, so he says, yep, right down there. Just go on down. Just tie your rope, climb on down into the side crack, and then there should be a drop after that. Matter of fact, here. <laughs> he said side crack. He puts his hand out over it, and he says, you feel it? You feel it? Put my hand down. Give me a perception roll. Ooh, I'm real good at these. Um, let's see. 24. 
Oh yeah, you feel it. <clears throat> There's a warm air current coming up there. All Anybody right. else that uh, sticks their hand out, you can roll on your own time and figure out if you see or feel the warm air current or not. But he says, okay, so I don't think you're going to be needing anything else from me, do you? I do not believe so, sir. Thank you for all of your help. Yep. Good luck. Don't die. Dwarven prayer. He says Rokaren prayer. He doesn't say Dwarven. That's insulting. And then he uh, turns and walks away. And there are like a half dozen other Rokaren that have gathered on one side that he pushes past. And you can see another three or four at the other side. And they're all just watching you. Like you had a little parade coming down behind you because they're just like, what the hell is going on? Grand. Uh, well, um, who wants to go first? I have to. You wait sure. here, Master Julian. And I will tug three times on the rope when it's safe for you to come down. Grand. Very good. And we'll head down the road. Okay. You scamper down the rope as it would be, and you find the opening well enough. Are you bringing any kind of light source? No. And what kind of vision do you have? 60-foot dark vision. And does that allow... What's the difference? <laughs> they, they remove, like, ultravision and infravision. It's all just dark vision, right? Correct. Correct. And it's basically you can just... see in up to it's like no color, uh, as if it was dim light up to sixty feet. Okay. And you can't see colors. Okay. Just shades of gray. Okay. So reading something off a flat piece of paper might be hard, but runes embedded in a wall, chiseled into wall, fine. That kind of stuff. If you're close enough, honestly, at sixty feet. Okay. Good enough. Just making sure we're all on the same page. So we work the mechanics together, if you know what I mean. Okay, so, yeah, you hit that side crack there, big guy. By the way, you realize that Can uh, Can called you a lass at some point. Yes, said her. Huh? I didn't. Yes, he said her. He did. And I didn't, correct? No, you didn't. Um... It, it could be because... Are you beardless? Yes. It could be why. And short. <laughs> and short. Um, but anyhow, you find the side crack into this crevice going down into the ground, and it's only about two, two and a half feet wide. You're a slim figure. It's easy enough for you to get in. should be fine for either of them also. And And you move into it, and then you have to kind of lay almost prone and move along another crack, and you're pulling the rope along behind you. And then you see the drop-off, and there is a dim white light coming from that drop-off. I will listen if there's any noise down there. And then I'll also look and see what might illuminating. Uh, 
You hear nothing, and you move closer, sliding on your belly, because there's only about, you know, two to three foot clearance above you anyway. You're definitely not standing or even crawling so much. And you slide on your belly and look down, and it looks like this crevice opened up into something else. You, you, A smattering of rocks and pebbles and grit rain down from your movements, falling into what appears to be another crack in another wall, but you can just see beyond that. Okay, Sazzle, it's okay. Hold on, she's about to lay on the keyboard and press things. Good girl. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, you can see the dim light, and it looks like worked stone beyond. Beyond where you are. Once you come out of there, you'll be in a widening crevice that leads to a hall of worked stone. All right. I'm going to move far enough ahead so they have a place to be at where I'm currently at. Yeah, that flat low part is probably 10 foot. You had to kind of slide sideways or wiggle forward to get to the other part. So there's plenty of room for the three of you in there. So you move to the very leading edge. Go ahead. Right. I'll tug on the rope three times. Great. I will go next. Very good. Work my way down. Yep, you get down there, you find the side passage, you turn sideways, you move through it, you lay flat, get into the flat crack, and then you're right up shoulder to shoulder with Baldera there. Murph next? Yep, Murph last. <laughs> Unless some of the other Rokarens are following us. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, Master Julian, uh, they, I believe uh, Can Can had said that they hadn't come here, but that's worked stone over there. Hmm. Yes, it does appear so. Um, so, Travis, yes. as part of my archaeologist's background, uh, when I enter a ruin or dungeon, I can correctly ascertain its original purpose and determine its builders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said ascertain. Dwarves, elves, humans, you want to your southern other known race. Uh, and then in addition, I can determine the monetary value of an art object more than a century old. Just general knowledge for you now. Very good. Okay, um, trying to... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Congrats something off Chris again. It's on his camera. I think we do that like every third week. One of us tries to get that off our screen. <laughs> he knows right where it is. Okay. I do. I so really that, need a new camera. That's a very cool thing that's going to work out amazingly well. It's like you guys knew what I was going to bring up and designed your characters around it. But honestly, you couldn't have. Because I didn't make this shit up till Thursday. So. <laughs> so, awesome. Well done. I'm glad you guys are going to have a skill set that's functioning. Um, we, we, we kind of designed ourselves to be the dungeon delving information finders. <laughs> if only the game was called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> well, also the information finders works very well in, in cities and role-playing situations. Which we definitely yeah. want that. Okay, moving forward. It's, uh... Yeah, do you want to just shove Baldareth off? Uh, no, oh. I will send Archimedes down first. Okay, better than... To take a quick look around. Make sure there's nothing immediate danger looking and have him pop back up. Are, are you just taking Archimedes' word for it or are you just like, you know pop it in the driver's seat there um how far down does it look like it goes four and a half feet oh <laughs> and then it opens up into a hallway so basically gotcha. you're laying um, on your belly looking at, at when you roll out of this you'll roll into a smaller crack going vertical again instead of horizontal and that opens up into a hallway. I will send Archimedes ahead and start crawling down myself. Soon. So he will, you know, if there's any danger, if they, if you see any creatures, alert us. Okay. Otherwise, so, take a look around. So you're not in the driver's seat. No. You're just having him scout and report back by squawk. Very good. Yes. There, there is a... Uh, tiefling in your way. Do you want to just crawl over the tiefling? Oh, no, no, no. So, Baldareth will go down the four-foot drop uh -huh. and lean up against the wall. Master Julian, you can put your feet on my shoulders and then I'll lower you down. No, no, no. That is unnecessary. No, it's... It, you must. No, no. It's like a four-foot drop. It's fine. Move over. Move, move out of the way. Yes, sir. And uh, you slide yeah. down, and um, yeah, Baldareth doesn't move a whole lot, so you're like just like nipple to nipple, or perhaps plural, nipples to nipples. I don't know how many nipples each of you have. Um, Only there six. Might, it's, uh, between the two of you, six. That's, uh, so who has five? Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Baldareth just has one huge... It's got a tail, too. It's prehensile. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. <coughs> <clears throat> Don't play with it. It's a bastard at squash. Anyhow. Um, yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, and the whole time you're lowering yourself, Baldareth is, you know, gripping your 
ankles and then calves and then thighs and then hips and then under the arms, you know, helping you that whole way down. So when you're standing, the ledge that you were on is now at armpit height for you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now Murph is watching them standing pretty much nose to nose and belly to belly button. Because one of them doesn't actually have a belly button, just a belly. It's in my belly. I will think it Archimedes all clear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Archimedes comes back giving the nothing's going to kill you very quickly chirp. Great. I will go through the crack and into the room. I'll try to get in front of him. Oh, so Baldareth was waiting, making sure you were safe. And once you start to move, Baldareth quickly, without grappling you, but little handsy, pushes past you in front of you and leads the way into the hallway. Murph, the way is now clear for you to come out of the crack. Very Calm good. down. Brigand and ta-da. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, very good. Um, but man, you can't wait for them to invite invent some kind of video camera so you can film shit like what just happened right there. That's so awkward. It's a, so when you guys step out I of this... I think you mean reinvent, sir. You're correct, actually. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there are... Fun fact here, I introduced it in the uh, third book in the Portal series... There are alchemists that are working on things like, you know, using a chemical reaction to create energy through copper wiring so they can light up a gas trapped within a glass globe. As well as uh, using certain chemical equations to create powders that when struck with a hard enough force, it will fire a projectile long distance with some accuracy. So, yeah. Lovely. So when people are like, oh, alchemist magic doesn't matter. We just need a healing potion. Yeah, well, that's the kind of shit alchemists are working on now. Because they're tired of being the redheaded stepchild of the magic community. They'll give you a reason to need a healing potion. What's that? <laughs> they will give you a reason to need a healing potion. <laughs> that's right. It's a, okay, so you guys have basically gone into a... A hallway, and it's a five by five hall, a five foot across hallway, and it branches to the left and the right. And I'm going to start using cardinal directions at certain points. Let me know, because with me describing this, I know it could get confusing, whether it's because of my description or because somebody didn't catch something or whatever. So, so to the left, to the left, to the left. Um. You can see the hall extending. By the way, the dim white light isn't from here. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What's the illumination? It, it seems to be coming from, well, I'll tell you in just a moment. When you're looking to the left, there's probably eh, six, seven paces before you hit a T intersection. And the light looks like it's coming from the left. Or the south. When you look to the right, it's only about five paces before it comes to another T intersection. And you can see the light 
to the right or the south. What's everybody's passive perception, please? Fifteen. Uh, twelve. Thirteen. Um, let's see. Archimedes has a passive perception of thirteen. It's, uh... Very good. Um... So we had 12, 15, and what? 13. 13, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> so now, yeah, you're, but the hallways themselves, you know, they're, they're probably almost twice the height of your average row cairn. So yeah, they're, they're eight or nine feet tall. So, what I'm telling you here is Murph can stretch on tippy-toes and touch the ceiling. So, why does that matter? The roof! The roof! If somebody's using a double-handed blade, you know, a long, uh, like a two-handed sword or a spear, there is a chance of problems in these kind of closed quarters. Shorter weapons would be definitely more sensible. I, I head to the left. You turn to the left and you head down the longer hall. When you come to the T intersection, by the way, what are you two doing? Um, following. Very good. Okay. Well, first, I will take out a notebook and some of like the easily carryable cartographer's tools that I have so I can start creating a map. You know, yeah, maybe you start a out with a simple of, skeleton uh, of you make, you know, the jagged line for the crevice and then a single line for the hall and then, you know, the branch of the T. Um, and as you guys start moving, you were you were so just basically engrossed engrossed with where's the light coming from. It's not till you're moving down the hallway that you see the relief carvings on the walls. They're small. They're not heavily indented but they're definitely there. And any kind of light source, they would definitely jump. The whole wall and the ceiling above appears to be engraved, carved, with pictograms and designs and whatnot. Uh, are any of them in abyssal, draconic, or elvish? <laughs> It's a pictograph as opposed to a written language. Gotcha. Does the scene lead? I mean, is it a scene of battle or? I mean... Hard to tell. It's 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 not as flat as a sheet of paper. Don't get me wrong. So you're seeing stuff, but because of the lack of light, it's hard to make out details. So here we have two choices. You guys can whip out a light source because you have an indirect one coming from down the hall somewhere. Or you could just make a really good perception roll, which means you're squinting and looking carefully. Your choice. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, I will cast Prestidigitation to create it, produce a little flame in my hand. 
to Very use good. it as a little candlelight. Very good. And, and with something like that, Chris, if you want, especially if it's like essentially a candle as opposed to a lantern, you could even make it a small globe of light that moves within your aura, if you will. You know, so it doesn't have to be sure. just above a hand. Personalize it how you want. And if you ever get something like Magic Missile, it doesn't have to just be a magical bolt. You can make it a rose shooting out, or it looks like a silver dagger. You know, personalize that kind of thing how you want. Just like if you got... Moggins looks like a real dagger flying across. It does. It's amazing. <laughs> Quite the precision. Anyhow. Um, the light bursts after you utter a few arcane words. And the wall flares to realization. These are not just pictograph, but arcane runes. The whole wall and ceiling. And now that you see it, floor. But it's not deep enough that you feel it. And part of the floor is smudged out from where many years of walking on it have ran paths and worn out some of the carvings on the floor. They all seem to be some sort of somewhere between arcane and pictographs. It's a blend of it. And studying it for a few minutes, let's say you guys pause for three or four minutes looking at the walls. Oh, I would definitely pause to look at the wall. I think this is something that would interest each of you, you know, the the ranger because of his underdark fascination and Julian for the obvious reasons and Baldareth for well, genetics. Um, this is not necessarily giving the instructions how to, but it is detailing some sort of summoning ritual. And as you look further down the hall in the other direction that you weren't heading, down the hall in the direction you were heading at that T-intersection. It also looks like it's giving the story of how they discovered to drain living essence to create magical energy to empower the devices that you've heard about about at places like... uh, does anybody remember the name of the uh, sand town? Sandbilge? Sandbilge. Thank you. Very good, Chris. Good job. Have an inspiration. Use it where you want. Hey. That's been bugging me for days. That so you couldn't remember Sandbilge? Yeah, I'd had to go check my notes, but my notes were at home. I do a lot of this at work. He's being condescending. Take away that inspiration. Oh, good point. <laughs> No, you have your inspiration. <laughs> but Aaron gets inspiration for being a jerk. So. <laughs> oh, now I feel bad. John looked down right after I gave you guys inspiration. He doesn't have any. I have it for Rokans. You do. You do. So, yeah, you basically you're looking at not the instructions, but the story of the coal iron Rokern. And how they came into possession of, A, summoning uh, technology to pull demons in, or beings from other realities, dimensions. Um, And then, how to, it looks like, as you guys, you know what, everybody give me a 
an archaeology role, which might be investigation or insight. I'll let you scam a little. And by the way, I'll stop oh, suggesting things good. eventually, mm -hmm. and you guys will have to tell me if you're going to try to scam to use something else. Even if it's after that. Um, mm -hmm. 16 investigation. Nine. Uh, 20 investigation. For investigation. What was yours again, Chris? Uh, 16. Okay. So, Rolled an 11. The two of you muttering to yourselves, talking to each other, as the muttering, you realize you're both looking at the same thing from a different point of view. The information the two of you get together is, yeah, originally, at some point in time, these rocairn, these coal iron rocairn, learned the art of summoning. And not just summoning an arrow to fire, like it was fired from a bow. Not just summoning water for nourishment, but summoning beings from other dimensions. Demons! And then they learned how to drain the energy of somebody caught between two places. Then they learned how to trap somebody between the two places to purposely drain their energy. That's all you're getting out of this. And like I said, it's not a recipe. It's not instructions. It's kind of the bragging rights. The history? Yeah, ish. I will get out... Um, I'll get out a piece of parchment. And I'll make a rubbing of just any significant symbol that makes me think about summoning or from the wall. Good enough. Um, roll it up and stick it back. Yeah, and I'll be like kind of essentially writing a translation as I'm reading. Out of the essentially 40 feet of hallway, and you guys haven't even turned a corner yet. No. Out of the 40 feet, you see three different references to a comet. Because you don't speak whatever language, you don't know if it's even a language or just a picture language created for this. But with the little Is bit it of... Dwarvish or Draconic? No. Okay. It has Rokaran elements in it. There's points, and that's why you guys have this much information from what you guys mentioned. Gotcha. What you speak and read. Um, <laughs> but no, it's not any one language. It's almost their, their own little Esperanto or, or Pigeon English, if you will, uh, with a blend of a little bit of Rocairn, a little bit of demonic, a little bit of pictures, a little bit of arcane runes and symbology. It's this blend of all the different things, which is why it's taking all three of you working together to kind of piece together this much. And that's also why you have no idea what the hell the reference to the comet means. 
but it's significant from the placement. Jules, wasn't there some freaking big comet event? Um, yes, I do believe. If I had to guess, this could be the reference to the, uh, the, um... Talisman, wasn't it? Yes, that. But I would know. So I know history. It, this could be referencing that, or it could be that the talisman comes around every... could be cyclical. And, you know... Has come before, because make a history roll. Yeah. What history roll? Uh, ooh, natural twenty, so twenty-five. Yeah, you don't have to guess about that. Yeah, the the comet talisman does come by in a seventy-five-year cycle. Um. But when it got trapped in the sky for a decade or two, that was the, the, the clincher. And it hasn't come back around since then because it's only been 30 years since it left. Zazzle, don't lay on the keyboard, woman. <laughs> but it's warm. And then she's hooking a claw into my DM screen and stop it. Go on. Well, if I don't start moving, uh, Master Julian will be here forever. So I'm going to go poke my nose down the southern uh, way to light it. And do you want to head from. east or west and then poke to the southern? Originally, you were heading west to the left. Correct. And then when I get to the T, I'm going to look south because that's where the light's coming from. Correct. And... Uh... Yeah, Baldareth does make it obvious that he's doing this without being insulting, definitely being deferential to Master Julian there. But yeah, basically saying it's we need to get fucking moving here. I'm sure there might be some other information down this way. Um, yes, yes, I'm not quite done yet. Uh, here, Archimedes, go with him. Take a look. Report back. I'm still taking notes. Julian, something that comes to mind is you're in a side passage. What would the main passage have? Great. Well, I'll, I'll, I want to like work my way down one side of the hallway and then turn around back to the beginning and go down the other side you of the hallway. You could spend a week in this hallway alone, and you know it. So, you could definitely do that, but you could also get a general idea of what the bigger picture is before you start hyper-focusing on the smaller one. That's okay. I know how to get his attention. Oh, Lord. Look at what's down here. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> and I will rush quickly over. Murph, where, where the, is your positioning in this situation? He was in the middle. I'm on the end. Sorry, as soon as he starts rushing off, I start walking behind him. Okay, so basically your hands in the pocket looking at the walls, every once in a while pulling one out, pointing at something, saying something, and when he moves, you mm -hmm. move. Right, just kind of keeping an eye on him, making sure he doesn't fall down a hole. 
the dark one. Whether it's organic or, uh, yeah. So, uh, you guys turn left, and it's only about, by the way, for anybody who's actually attempting to draw a map, a pace is about three feet long. So when I tell you something is five paces, five feet long. <laughs> okay, now you're doing Chris math. A pace is about a yard. Correct. Okay. So yeah. One acre. One acre. Hecta acre. Who the fuck is Hecta, and why is he doing my acres? Anyhow. Okay. So yeah, after after about another uh, five paces, this hallway, the small hallway that you turned left into, opens up into a larger hallway that's more than three paces across, and it seems to extend the same length as that previous hall that ran parallel to it on the other side of the almost fifteen feet of stone between the two places and uh hold on i gotta get that and there are okay in this hallway there are four different pedestals holding globes those globes are glowing a dim white light this was the light you were seeing coming from that other direction the runes on the wall seem to capture it and spread it. As you get closer to this hallway than into this hallway, you see the walls are basically reflecting that light. So it's brighter here. What's that? Who said something? Okay. Creepy. By the way, fun fact, I don't know if any of you guys were paying attention except for maybe Aaron. Uh, last week when we did Talk of the Tavern, we were telling ghost stories that really happened to us. Well, most of us were. But as Andrea is telling one of her stories, something that's been up on her wall for years fell off in the middle of her story. And there was, like, the door was closed, there was no breezes, there wasn't any cats near it. It was, it was a length of, you know, like, fake flowers that you buy at, like, Michael's or something. That was fun. I had to stop the whole show and point it out and go, ooh, cool. So, anyhow. Um, yeah, okay. So, if you're standing at one end of this, and to be blunt, 10-foot-wide hallway, it extends the full 80 feet plus the two 5-foot hallways on each end, so 90 feet. And continues another five feet before it opens into some kind of large chamber all the way in the east. Now in the northern wall, which is the direction you came from, you could see what was probably the other passage that you saw. That makes sense so far? Mm -hmm. Yep. In the southern wall, there are two other passageways leading south. And again, I'm giving you cardinal directions because of that ranger right there. Woohoo! These um, these pedestals with the globes of light—is it a physical 
thing? I mean, globe or is it more of an arcane like ball of light just floating there? It's hard to tell until you get within about five feet of it, a um, little more than an arm's reach. Okay. And once you do get I, I there, what's that? I'm going up to it. Okay. Yeah, once you do step that close, because from far away you couldn't be sure. Once you're within an arm's length or a little more, you can see it is a physical object that is glowing. Um, and also, on the northern wall, or it's the left-hand wall, there is uh hold on, I gotta pull my notes out from underneath my cat's heads. There there is a statue there um of a coal iron rocairn. Don't put your head on the keyboard, woman. And she is tapping her tail. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Yes. Okay, good. Glad you can. And also in the south, directly across from that statue, is a stairway leading up, and there is a shimmering gleam in the air at the foot of the stairs where it opens into the hallway. So what I'm telling you is you have three other halls leading away, one large hall directly ahead of you, and then some kind of stairwell statue, four podiums with glowing balls. One each, not a double pair hanging low. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I will fondle the one ball. So you see reach out and touch the ball? Yeah, I want to see if it can be moved. Yeah, it's about the size of a grapefruit. Huh? And, yeah, as you reach, you can pick it up and you lift it off the pedestal. And it dims, but it doesn't go out. So whereas before, it might have been equivalent to lantern light in all directions. Now it's about equivalent to a candlelight. So you get about... 15 feet of light from it. It doesn't reflect as well off the walls. You're guessing there's something in the walls that matches the podium. Maybe they're all in the same circuit. Hard to say. But it's not warm to the touch or anything? No, no, not at all. Neither is it cool. It is just room temperature. I want to go investigate the statue of the coal iron. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, I, I put the uh, globe back and get in front of Julia. <laughs> like facing him or just like casually walk in front well, of him? Well, he's past me, so I got to get wherever he's going. Okay. So. Your your manservant physically imposes himself between you and where you're heading. 
This is going to get real tiresome real quickly. How about you investigate the room to see if anything hidden is around, trap or otherwise, while I stand here and look at this statue? I will go off and look for secret doors and traps. Okay. I'm going to roll that for you over here. And I'll let you know about that in a moment. What are you doing, Murph? Kind of just following around and then getting into the... Oh, this rune looks interesting. Freaking touching stuff. Like, there's got to be something around here. This is a hallway. You guys are in a hallway. Yeah. Not a room. Just to be clear. No, no. Rune, 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 rune. Rune. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Very good. Okay, so you're you're checking out the details on the walls. Um, we'll start with we'll start with Julian. Julian, as you step to the statue with your archaeologist background, experience, wisdom, and knowledge, immense and powerful as it is. Yeah, that's some fucking hero. There's not even a placard. Apparently everybody knew who he was. Might have been a leader. You don't think it was a king? Probably some sort of general or war hero from the construction. Definitely Coal Iron Rocairn. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, you can give me a history role and... You know, I, there's a chance... Um, ten. <laughs> nah, you, yeah. you don't know who this is in coal iron road care and history, which is not surprising considering you hadn't heard of coal iron road care until a few days ago. Um, so for you, uh, Murph, you're getting a kind of a confirmation of what was seen in the last hallway, except this is a little more expensive, a little bigger, less detailed, but more general information. Um, okay. Definitely more references to the talisman now that you know what to look for. And it seems to be tying the energy of the summoning and the draining directly into something coming from the comet. So, now, Baldareth, you scan the walls, poke a few runes, check a thing here and there. Yeah, it's, uh, hold on, well, don't you know. Sorry, I'm checking out some of the details of my map here. What's that? You need to move it a little closer to your camera so you can see it easier. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Oh. oh, well, some of the details weren't obvious enough. I'm not going to change everything for your sake. I'll leave it like it is. 
Um, my big character flaw is also I can't leave a room without searching for secret doors. Very good. Very good. It's a... Thank goodness you can leave hallways without searching for them. Otherwise, we would have been here all day. Um, uh-huh. That's why I have, you know, Boldereth search for them. Indeed. If he says there's nothing. Indeed. So Boldereth... The thing that really catches your eye, Boldereth, is that whole shimmering, scintillating sheet of something in the air between this hall and those stairs leading up. I'm sorry, down. Down. Stairs leading down. Um, and you inspect it, and it almost appears to be some sort of invisible barrier that shimmers when you look at it in the right light and crackles when you touch it, though it doesn't hurt you. It's almost like a static electricity when you touch it. Hmm. But not the cool, you know, uh, electrical globe where you put your hand on and your hair stands up or nothing. There's an effect. It's um, from the passageway leading down. Master Interesting. All right, give me, give me ten minutes. And I will start to begin to cast the detect magic on it. Oh, very good. Ten minutes? I'm casting it as a ritual, so it's ten minutes plus its ca normal casting time. So it'll take ten minutes plus and what is, six seconds. What is the difference between ritual and non-ritual? Using a spell slot or not? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Almost all of my first level spells are... Actually, all of my first level spells are ritual spells. So I can either take some time to cast them or waste a spell slot and cast them instantly. And, and, and typically the downfall of it is you can't use it in combat or in, in a, when you need it quickly. No, this is a perfect right. situation for it. For doing right. a ritual. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, you, you take the time and you lay out your cloth and you drop your items on there and you do your chants and you crush the thing and you say the word and you do the little spin and you put your left foot in and you put your left foot out. You put your left foot in and you shake it all about. Because that's what it's all about. And that's how you cast Detect Magic. <laughs> that's pretty pokey. <laughs> So now I can sense any magic presence within 30 feet of me. Uh, I see a faint aura around it. And I learn the school of magic that it has, if any. Excellent. Um, yeah, those globes, they're magical. And the podiums they're standing on appear to be some sort of magical... Battery. Depository. Okay. It's holding energy. The suppository? Walls What's that? You said suppository? Depository, Whoa. but yes, suppository oh, was the oh, first thing that came to mind. That's completely different. Um, 
The walls themselves have a thin sheen of it, and you're guessing it just relates to catching the light and spreading it, almost like a reflective material. The statue, now the eyes follow you. That was not something that it did previously, but now that you were detecting magic, the eyes seem to be shifting as you move back and forth through the hall. <laughs> one goes in, one goes out, so this weird one. Um, the force field in front of the stairs seems to be exactly that, some sort of protective magical barrier. And it's of the school of magic of eh, whatever the fucking protection school is. Um, fuck, I should know this as a wizard. Uh, probably conjure abjuration. There you go. And the globes, funny enough, are evocation. And the shimmering on the wall is more of the illusionary school than anything. It, it's more of a reflective magic than anything makes else. Sense, makes sense. What about those eyes following us? Oh, that's definitely divination. Lovely. But that's the only part of the statue that uh, seems to be magical. Except for the core of it seems to have some sort of magic in it, but it's, it's uh, coming off as an alteration. <laughs> Weirdowin says, protection magic is in the school of condemnation. <laughs> Alright, well, this will last for the next ten minutes, as long as I don't get hit. <laughs> or I maintain concentration. Um, which I will continue to concentrate on locating all of the magic. And I will go, alright then, let's see, we've got some sort of barrier here. Some funness with the gloves. That statue's eyes are now following us. And I will move left, move right. Yeah, not sure what that's about, but that's fun. We should check that out. The walls got a nice uh, illusion going to keep them reflecting. I put my uh, hood over the uh, statue's head. Okay. Like, like your whole cape? Yeah. Okay. For right now. Okay. Nice coat wrap. So, you have four different directions you go. You have two southern leading passages, unless you want to try to break through the magical force field. That also leads south, but downstairs. Or you can Not go... Th go ahead. Keep going. Okay. The, the one... Well, the two leading back north, one that you came through, the other one that probably leads to the same place where you were, but the other end of the hall. And then uh, last but not least, this 10-foot hallway does open up into a large chamber. I will go, um, hey Murph, pick up one of those glowy balls and carry it along with us so that you have some nice light and it might come in handy a little bit later. Uh, let's head down this way towards this large chamber. Julian, give me an arcana uh, roll. Head that way. And we will make our way towards the large chamber. Julian? 
Julian? Yes. Give me an arcana roll. Whoa! Ooh! 25. Gotta love those nat 20s. You're pretty confident that one of these balls will explode and do something if thrown or shattered or attacked, etc. Very good. good. To know. So you guys head due east towards the large chamber where this hallway opens up. You pass the hall to your left and the hall to your right, which are directly across from each other, one leading south, one leading back north in the direction that you came from, the hall that you did not choose. And uh, you step into a large room that is probably three times as wide as the hallway you're in and almost as deep in a rectangle. Real quick, there is one passageway in the southern wall past the midpoint. Now, other than that, you can see a stone throne. It's lit by the glowing ball in Murph's hand, and that stone throne sits atop a raised platform, and it's all the way on the east side of that chamber. There is a wooden table in the center of the chamber, and its surface is scarred and stained a deep rust color. And in the center of the northern wall and the center of the southern wall, there are two statues of armored figures. They are standing armed and armored as if they're standing guard. Now, in the floor between you and the table, but off to the left and off to the right, there are gratings in the floor, and they have been moved. They are round gratings, probably three foot across, and something has popped them off of whatever they were covering. Uh, looking at how close am I to the, the statues? Uh, one is on the north wall, one is on the left wall, as you're standing in the open passageway uh it would probably be eighteen feet in either direction if you're standing in the very center of the doorway six paces grand do they uh light up or glow with any magical Not energy like they could come to life if they you know maybe they're a protection statue if they you know we triggered something or no not at all Great. They have um, a dim remnant of magic that doesn't even register a school. It's more of a residue. And in, with your knowledge, you, you don't feel threatened by it at all. You just feel like, it, matter of fact, you have no fucking clue. What the hell? Why would it have a remnant of magic? Uh, perhaps really old magic that faded or a strong magic that faded quickly. Um... Or maybe just people cast a lot of fucking magic things at this. And it's got a residue. It's Yeah, hard to tell. Grand. Um, oh. Well, if you there's want... something in the throne. It wasn't there a moment Great. ago. But there's definitely something there now. And each of you can see it. Well, then. 
Dangerous? You don't know because you can't make it out. It's a movement. It's a shift. It's something you see out of the corner of your eye when you look directly at it. It's more like you blink twice and it disappears as whatever was fuzzing your eye comes clear. It's Now it's a smell. There's a smell. There's a smell of old rusted metal. But no, that's not right. It's a ham sandwich. But a ham sandwich that has that taint of green where it's been in the container locked away in your cooler. Not your refrigerator, but your cooler too long. But now it's that scent of 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 hot coals the next morning when they're coated with the gray and there's just that thing that goes with it. I'm looking over towards the throne. I don't see any magic moving through the air. Well, let's totally break this. <clears throat> Without me having to look it up? No. Great. But out of the corner of your eye, you think there might be. But when you look at it directly, right. no. Interesting. And then something solidifies. Like... Like when you see... the rime of frost on the lake before it actually solidifies into ice and then slushes away. But it's a figure. And then it shifts and disappears. Or maybe you moved. And because you moved, it left your perception. Uh, I will... Whisper, white friends, let's spread out a little bit. I'm going to say hello. And you've um, all seen it, by hello the way. There. Oh, no. And you guys have all seen it. All this information is for each of you, not just Julian. All right. And I did retrieve my cloak when you left. Very good. Good to know. Leave it there. Okay. Um... So I'm catching this out of the corner of my eye. I'm going to try to um, make a raven sound off to the side of it and not look directly at it, but to see if it shifts, if it recognizes the sound. Are you using like digitation to throw your voice or something? Thaumaturgy, yes. I've got to look that up real quick. Give me just a second so I'm familiar with it at least. Sure. He has thaumaturgy. I have prestidigitation. Is it the same damn thing? <laughs> no, it's a little it's, different. Yeah, they do slightly different things. Okay, give me an T. I can change the color of my eyes if I want to, and you could do what? I can make. I can change the color of my eyes. I can make the ground rumble a little bit. I can make my voice boom. Okay, interesting. Three effects going at any time. That's what I used when I did the uh, knock knock joke. I know, but I didn't bother to look it up. But which I'm probably sure here. 
Hmm? Say again, Joe? Mm -hmm. One more time, please. I said, I might even try it somewhere down here. I don't know yet. So. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, very good. Very good. I just figured I should familiarize myself with it somewhat. <clears throat> so you create a noise, a bird, a crow, a raven, to one side of it, and then you do what? Well, I'm not focusing my... Because I know that it shifts up at the my peripheral vision, right? So I'm seeing if it if my peripheral if it moves based on what the sound was. I'm not trying to look at it though. Very I'm good. I'm just seeing if it reacts to the sound. And Julian, are you doing anything in particular? Um, I I am calling out, "Hello, is someone there?" And Murph. Um, kind of got that hands in the pockets kind of feel, switching the arms behind the back, freaking uh, to get a good grip on my sword in case needed. Uh, but being as nonchalant as possible. Now, Murph, your fascination from the Underdark comes from a terror of the dark. Not the dark of night, not the dark of woods. The dark within, the dark without. The things... That burrow don't bother you at all. They're wonderful. They're fine. You can fish with those things. You can mm -hmm. ruin your garden with those things. The things that do more in the dark have driven you to find the secrets. You know, those two. <laughs> I got a pop. Got it from John with one of those. <laughs> um, right over there. And, uh, yeah, your. Not an arcane guy, not like your nephew over there. But man, you really feel like you wouldn't mind one of those mythical items you've heard of that can attack things that aren't totally in this world. Things that live partially in the dark. So, Julian, you're doing your thing. You're casting about doing your thing and the crow cause was it to the north or the south Baldareth? south it crows to the south it echoes through the chamber that's all hard stone and as you guys look around hearing the echo call three times each time fainter than before you can see the shredded remnants of tapestries and curtains that once hung on the walls. You now notice the curtain rods towards the top of the wall where these things were secured, but they are just rumpled dust and scraps on the floor that's in the barest of piles. Matter of fact, piles slightly too small for even hundreds of years of rot, unless something devoured them and didn't leave a trail or a trace. Something rattles down that hall to the south on that wall. Something clacks. It clacks many times. Too many to count. Too quick to count. It, it, it's a tattoo of rhythm, of something hollow on something hard. And the thing in the chair looks directly at you, and you snap your head towards it. Both of you, Julian, Baldareth. And it's as solid 
as a sneeze and as thick as a biting wind and a slight hazy white like a blanket on a laundry line but in the shape of a thick rope cairn sits on the throne one hand on the knee leaning forward with a hand axe lazily lolling from its grip the other one on the arm of the throne holding a very oddly small stein it's it's not even as big as his fist but it could be perhaps be something like an espresso type situation you're not really sure but he looks at you and almost seems amused and then his face writhes in pain and all three of you can hear the gasp in the room but it's the gasp of somebody taking something sharp through a rib into a lung it's the gasp of a surprise pain that threatens being here in the next couple minutes so should we end it here or go on a few more minutes always good on a cliffhanger but you good ending it here john sure okay we're gonna end it here guys i want to do a couple quick things first and foremost i want to thank everybody actually first weirdwin thank you very much for being our moderator tonight i appreciate that Thank you so much for that. I want to thank everybody for all their support just by showing up, hanging out, and listening. That goes for the podcast as well as the live broadcast. Thank you guys for downloading and listening. And if you do want to send us the ideas that you have, thoughts on the games, what might be going on, what creatures they're facing, etc., or how it relates to my books, please feel free to email us at... The fuck is that noise that just happened? Hmm. Uh, stealingforsurvival at gmail.com I also want to thank everybody who subscribed and was able to join us in the chat today thank you for understanding we didn't answer all your chats and Triple U and Ethan Strauss who support us on Patreon as well as Berta and Musical Wizardry who support us with a monthly PayPal subscription with that I want to remind you guys Talk of the Tavern Monday nights as well as on podcast and Right Night on Saturday nights as well as on podcast Okay, I think that's pretty much it. Any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Can't wait till we find out. Okay, say mm-hmm. goodbye. Figure out who this ghost is? What's that? Said we're gonna figure out who this ghost is. Yeah, you had enough information in that first hall. You should have got out. Let's play some closing music. Let's see if I can find a good mm-hmm. funeral dirge for these morons that are sticking in this tome. Tomb, not tome. Well, the walls are like a tome. Okay. We're out of here, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Warlords squabble over small patches of land. Priests call to the faithful, assuring their followers that the gods will spare them. Magic has reset the laws of nature. People struggle to survive, fearing their own kind as much as the monsters in the shadows. All this amongst the remnants of undead terrors roaming demons and other horrors. This is the world now, entering a dark age where one must steal or use steel just to survive 